been a bit long. I'm a bit lost for banter. Banter. Banter, banter, banter. Banter, 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 banter. <laughs> so we went to New Zealand. Yay! Yay! The land of the long white clouds. Mm-hmm. So very pretty. Rained a lot. Thank you, Cyclone Debbie and Cyclone Cook. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and we've got a fresh graduate here as well. You do have a fresh graduate. Yay! Yes, I graduated from Endeavour College Natural Health at the Brisbane campus. And now I am a fully graduated homeopath. Yay! yay! I did, got my Bachelor in Health Sciences, majoring in homeopathy, and yay! yay! Be <laughs> careful in coming. Be careful leaning on the table. You did a bump. Did I do a bump? You did a bump. Do the bump, 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 bump. I think we'll get on with it now. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Only for you. <laughs> what the? Hello and welcome to What the History, your fortnightly, theoretically, (laughs) download for bizarre bits of history. I am Trevor Holland. And I'm Susie Holland. And um, what do you have for us this time around, Susie? Okay, a lot of people may think that I've got an obsession with the Catholic Church and all the Popes. It's not exactly true. I just find their stories absolutely fascinating and they're an interesting bunch, the Catholics. And yeah, that's all I'm going to say about the Catholics. (laughs) I'm not going to go and offend any of our Catholic listeners. I myself, my Scots and Irish family are Catholic. Um, I thought we were Protestant, but then I found out we were Catholic and I just, yeah, I'm being a good girl here. But enough with all that bollocks. Okay, so the Pope, as we all know, is the figurehead of the Roman Catholic faith, the Christian God's emissary on earth in that particular religion. So what does this sound like? Yes, it's another Pope story from me, as I aforementioned. Now, okay, now I've researched the in the past for your listening pleasure, and I thank you all very much for that. A female Pope, uh, who was Pope Joan, one Pope digging up another Pope and putting him on trial... <laughs> Which I still find hilarious. Um, that was the Kandava Synod episode. And now this story, we're in the Catholic Church's history. We're not one, not two, but three popes were all the Pope in differing factions, two of them at the same time. Now, I'd like to discuss the Great Papal Schism, also known as the Great Western Schism, which is not to be confused with the Great Eastern Schism. <laughs> Or the East-West Schism of the 11th century, which separated Roman Catholics with those in the East and began the Eastern Orthodox faith. Are you confused yet? Yeah, I am. (laughs) Oh, well, listen on. Okay, the year is 1378 in the Great Western Schism that I'm doing, and the papacy had just come back to Rome after being in Avignon in France's provincial region. I don't even know if I pronounced that right. And province has now been a part of, well, Avignon, sorry, has now been a part of France since the 1700s. It was in Avignon, the papacy was in Avignon for the last 70 years. So the Pope of the time, Gregory XI, brought it back to Rome. And some nobles in Rome were none too happy about the move. Out of the 22 cardinals, six decided to remain in Avignon, where most of the bureaucracy administration was, while the other 16 stayed in Rome. Oh, they, I guess they liked it there. 
When Gregory died in 1378, the Roman cardinals were worried about the papacy and they thought they was going to go back to Avignon. So in April of that year, when the papal election was held and there was rioting outside the conclave and lots of confusion within. So the conclave chose a new pope that would satisfy both sides, a Roman who had served at Avignon, but, <laughs> oh God, please forgive me for this, Bartolomeo Prigano. Archbishop of Bell, he took the name of Urban the Sixth, not Keith Urban, just Urban by himself. Now, unfortunately for the conclave, Urban proved to be a reportedly unsound mind and treated the other cardinals unfairly. So the cardinals decided on this. Um, his accession to the papacy was null and void, and then then they chose a new pope, Robert of Geneva, who took the name of Clement the Seventh. But Urban wasn't going to go silently into that good night at all and still claimed himself to be Pope and had his supporters in Rome. Now there were two Popes, one in Rome and one in Avignon, as Clement decided to leave Rome as he couldn't get the support he needed there. Maybe he liked the weather at Avignon. I don't Possibly. know. <laughs> I don't think he had any friends there in Rome. <laughs> Now, you can imagine a massive split happened in the Catholic Church, hence the term schism. Uh, in France, um, well, France, the Spanish Kingdom of Castile and Scotland sided with Clement, and England and much of the Germanic states sided with Urban. With neither a pope wanting to back down and admit the other as the true pope and thereby giving up his claim to the papacy, they were at loggerheads throwing the whole faith into confusion. So you can just imagine it, two basically papal kingdoms in two different places and the people would have just gone, where the hell am I meant to direct my prayers and my attention to? I feel sorry for them, really. Now, Clement was related to or allied with most of the main royal families in Europe and was a brilliant politician. When then the warring popes excommunicated each other. <laughs> I love it. Creating more confusion. When Urban died in 1389, instead of naming Clement as the only pope and closing the schism, the cardinals on the Roman side elected Boniface IX as their pope. In 1394, Clement died and the Avignon cardinals elected Benedict XIII as their choice of popes. So the two-pope issue continued. Boniface was followed by Innocent the Seventh in 1404 and Gregory the Twelfth in 1406. We're all having fun here, aren't we? There were attempts by the church to end the schism, and in 1410 another pope was added to the mix, that of John the Twenty-third, as he was elected in Pisa to reunite the faith as one. However, in 1414, the Council of Constance, which was set up to fix this problem once and for all, removed John. Gregory and Benedict and replaced them with one Pope in 1417, one Odo Colonna, who took the name of Pope Martin V. Though it was reported that Benedict stubbornly called himself Pope until he died in 1423, he wasn't going to let that one go. Sticking to his guns. He is sticking to his papal robe and his papal crown mm -hmm. and his scepter and all the other stuff. The council also enacted new laws within the church to bring about order and restore the congregation's faith. These laws included, and I quote, the Pope possesses a merely ministerial authority delegated to him by the community of the faithful and for the good of the whole church. And the community of the faithful could exercise power via its representatives assembled in a general council even in certain critical cases, against the wishes of the Pope, 
and if need be, it could ch judge, chastise, or even depose a pope. See, everyone else was getting in on deposing popes. Why not the people as well? Yeah, let's have some you know, equality happening here. Okay, so now there is only one pope. Yay! So all the people are happy that they finally got to direct their pope in one place um, with some new laws thrown in for good measure. So ending the Great Western Schism and leaving me to say here in the 21st century, what the pope in history. <laughs> <laughs> good old pope. Okay, and that will be my last pope story for a while until I can you know, find something else. Yeah, never oh, say never. Never say never with the popes. They're always popping up doing some weird stuff. Pop up popes. <laughs> oh, the visual I'm getting on that. Hello, I'm here. Hello, I'm here. Oh, I want to be pope. No, I want to be pope. We probably should be careful before we start offending Catholics. Sorry. <laughs> now I'm gonna I'm gonna run away from religion very quickly if that's okay before that's fine. Uh, that's fine. Before there's any fireworks, because the human race, <laughs> funny enough, has been sending things into the atmosphere for a while now. From the origin of the humble firework, approximately two thousand years ago, the desire to shoot stuff into the sky has continued to grow. I'm guessing you've heard about the dog. Laika, who was sent into space in 1957. Maybe even about Felix, the French cat astronaut, who in 1963 was launched about 200 kilometers into the atmosphere and returned to Earth safely. And I am positive you know about Yuri Gagarin, the first man to orbit the Earth in 1961. But these are not the first living creatures to be launched high into the sky. In the 1800s, an Italian gentleman by the name of Claude Ruggieri, I hope I pronounced that right, was very interested in rockets. He had the right sort of background, as his family was already famous for their firework displays, going back a number of centuries. Simple fireworks, though, were not enough for Claude, oh no. By 1806, he was already giving demonstrations, where he launched small animals, such as mice and rats, into the air using rockets of his own design. This isn't quite as bad as it sounds, as he made sure the rocket-powered rodents were parachuted safely back to Earth. I'm just seeing little 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 parachutes on them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much what it was. Claude continued to experiment with his designs, and while living in Paris in 1830, announced that he had made a two-stage rocket capable of carrying a much larger load, in this case, an adult sheep, into the air. On the day... <laughs> I'm a visual I'm getting on this, I'm sorry. Oh dear. Thankfully this is a short one, so we can be distracted. <laughs> On the day of his demonstration, one bystander, so impressed by Claude's invention, volunteered to take to take the sheep's place, so he could become the first human to be quite literally rocketed into the sky. Claude was extremely keen, and this event may have well have had much more impact if it had not been revealed the volunteer was only 11 years of age. <laughs> and then it was only stopped because the police intervened and forbade it. Ruining his fun. Mm -hmm. <gasps> Claude went back to the original plan and successfully launched his more, well, sheepish volunteer <laughs> approximately 600 feet, or a little over 180 metres, into the air. The parachute deployed, and the woolly pioneer safely landed a short time later. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> 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 
Uh, even though Claude Ruggieri's displays leaned more towards entertainment than scientific endeavour, in fact, he was considered to be a bit of a loony. <laughs> I wonder uh, why. His work would go on to inspire future rocket enthusiasts and developers. Just don't let him near your pets. <laughs> He's not getting our pet. He's not no. getting our puppy. No, no, Lucy is not going to join the ranks of what the history stories. No, no. <laughs> Except if that was for sleeping. She's good at that. Very true. Very true. I don't think there's much in that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thank you for listening to What the History. We uh, hope you've That's enjoyed it. our little bits of bizarre history. And uh, certainly we we had a lot of fun talking about it tonight and, and uh, very happy to be back on track with the podcast. Yay, yay. Thank you and welcome back. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, if you do want more What the History and who wouldn't, you can find our webpage at wthpod.rufusproject.com. We're on uh, Facebook at the What the History Podcast Facebook page. We're on Twitter at pod underscore what. I think about that. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can search hashtag WTHpod. You can even get in touch with us by email at WTHpod at RufusProject.com or find us on iTunes. We've got all sorts of links and fun stuff in the podcast description below, along with the sources for the stories you've heard tonight. That's right, because we don't do anything without references. We're not people that just make up stuff. How could you make half the stuff up? I don't know. I don't think anyone would believe us if we no. did. But yeah, so there are references. If you are enjoying the podcast, please also spread the word or even rate and review us on iTunes so other people can find us more easily. Yes. Please Yay. do. Cool, cool. So, uh,. That's it for now, so we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time with another podcast with a couple of bizarre bits of history to make you say, What What the the history. History. Enjoy the buffet. Bye. (laughs) Bye.